everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each. Hello, and welcome to the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore. In today's episode, Will sits down with special guest Jamie Shapiro, certified executive leadership and well-being coach and author of Brilliant, Be the Leader Who Shines Brightly Without Burning Out. Together, they discuss everything from how Jamie is helping leaders develop a keen awareness of how both their health and mindset impact leadership performance, how to lead with your whole self, how to start with meditation, why haters hate, and more. It's time to start firing on all cylinders. Let's go. Hello there. Hi. How are you, Will? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. We're super excited to have you. Um, Certified executive leadership and well-being coach, author of Brilliant Be Leader Who Shines Brightly Without Burning Out. Love it. Tell us about yourself and how you're helping the world to build momentum. Thank you. Well, I first want to say thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you and so grateful to to be on this with you today. So yeah, I'm an executive well-being coach. I focus on helping businesses connect the dots between leadership and well-being and understanding that our peak performance and leadership comes from our whole self, our full body, not just what's here, but the whole self. And leadership development for so many years has been so focused on the intellectual self. And so my focus is that's important and we need to add the body all together so that we can be at our best. Love that. That ties into the the five cores and putting it all together. Um, So, you know, tell us a little bit about how, you know, what you're currently working on and and what your, your, your passion is and where you're trying to head in the next year to three years, let's call it. Well, I feel really, really grateful. I've been at this for about a decade now. So I'm really happy to say I get to work with just, I feel the most extraordinary people. And um, I focus primarily on CEOs. So that's who I do my one-on-one coaching with. But then I do leadership development all over the country and work with larger teams and smaller teams and executive level teams just to help build that team performance, that cohesion, and really just understand how we utilize the full body in our leadership development and in our team development. So I'm very fortunate that I get to work with such extraordinary people and businesses. My focus really is in um, corporate America. So that's where I specialize. Mm -hmm. But I've also had the opportunity to work with some mid-sized companies as well. So how are you handling it with everything that's going on? How has that shifted in your business and and how are you dealing with it? It's such a great question. I feel very fortunate that my clients have leaned in versus out. We are in such a changing environment. And I was so grateful that the clients I work with one-on-one said, hey, now I need more. And that has been extraordinary for me because that's my passion in life is supporting people. 
So about three weeks went by where all of my speaking engagements and our executive offsites all got put on hold because we were all trying to figure out what does this new environment look like. Right. And then my companies that I work with leaned in versus out and they said, you know what, this stuff is so important just because we can't be in person. Let's figure out something new. And I had spent those three weeks learning new, new things for myself, how to facilitate in a virtual environment how to create breakout rooms and connections and all of these things that I had not done before. And nice. so I had to stretch out of my comfort zone. Right. But then within about three weeks, we all started doing virtual executive offsites. So I pretty much do an executive offsite at least three days a week, sometimes five days a week. And because you get so much fatigue from being online, what we do is we just do smaller chunks. So we try not to do right. more than two or four hours and do lots of breaks and lots of movement in, involved in that. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of me growing out of my growth zone. This is my first IG interview. So that was, this is out of my comfort zone. I mean, it's really interesting how learning new skill sets right now. Well, that's, that's great. And that's, we can tie that into a bigger picture for everybody listening. Right. So you know, adaptability is one of those things that we have naturally as humans. I think that as we are evolving, ironically, um, and we're becoming more of like, I can do anything I want by hitting a button, it's maybe becoming a little bit harder to adapt in some ways, and that we're so used to, uh, we're habits of cre creatures of habit, and we're so used yeah. to certain things. But technology has, and I just talked about this on my last um, live that I did, it had, really has a way it can either hurt or help us. And right now, thank God for technology because we can yeah. do stuff like this, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing lives very not long ago. I wasn't even doing them, wasn't even on my radar really. And now I've found this kind of way to connect with people that are also helping the world build momentum and, and talk with them and get awesome interviews out of it. And so, yeah, it's a really cool situation that's going on um and if you look at the positives and the fact that you're learning and growing and adapting in ways you might not have and also be careful and be aware of the fact that you know this might be there might be some permanent shifts going on with mm -hmm. the rest of the world and how people go about business and doing things and i do see some trends you know i was talking about my on my last just in the friend world relationships it's like all of a sudden i'm having dinner with with my family and my friends um, yes. that I don't see that are in different states uh, over Zoom calls, mm -hmm. we never used to do that. And I'm thinking, why did it take this for that to happen, right? And, it, and then it connected. I'm like, we, we're going to keep this up and we're going to do it. And it's like going to become a cool habit. And then the business world, similar, you know, it's interesting when you, you, you have these companies that have been doing the same way for so long, a lot of these bigger companies and they have the big offices and people are commuting in. So they're spending an hour to an hour and a half a day doing that. And then they're wasting time at the water cooler talking to people, not being as efficient. Meanwhile, if they're at home, they can maybe get their work done in, in a quarter or half the time, right? They're being way more efficient and they have their time to do their stuff with their family or, or hit their other cores, their relationships, their mindset versus just this, you know, nine this, this eight to 10 work hour day that we're so has been kind of embedded in us. And then from the company's perspective, it's like all of a sudden, wait, I don't have to pay all this overhead and my, I'm paying my employees, you know, as independent contractors and they're actually, I'm getting more out of them and without all the benefits and all this stuff in this offices. And so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in the business world. Globally, we're going to see a lot of changes. It's, it's a different time and I don't think the world will ever look the same as it did before this. Yep.
Yep. And so what, yeah, what are you, just while we're talking, what are your thoughts on this whole getting back to, to regular life? Do you feel like we're jumping back in as a world, as a nation, as in your state too soon? Or do you feel like it's just right? Or that, um, you know, I guess, yeah, give me your take on this. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you that I think we're so much in the unknown right now that you can look at so much different data and so many different perspectives and build a case in any direction. Uh -huh. So I, I think it's really hard to say. I wish I could say for sure, I feel definite that this is my perspective, but I don't really feel like any of us know everything is so new. So I'm sorry. I know yeah. that feels like the easy answer. Um, but I honestly, that's okay. Oh. A lot of people are that right. I, I, I go back and forth myself, right? Some days I'm like, look, we need to just get things going. Um, you know, and right. You know, part of me, you know, it's, it sounds morbid, but I'm like, well, you know, evolutionary Darwinism, it's like survival of the fittest. It's like, maybe this is evolution way of, you know, weeding things out. Um, and, and then the other side of me is like, whoa, 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 you know, I, if somebody I loved or cared about or me got sick and, and died, like, no way. And, and have those unknowns, it is very scary. And, um, you know, people all over the world, you know, we're in the U.S. And, and I try to stay out of the politics because I know that I have viewers and listeners. And, and, and to me, that doesn't you can be doesn't matter what side you're on. You can still live a five core life and, and be a good person and live. A, and so, uh, but everybody's got different opinions, right? And so we're doing it a certain way in our country where we've decided to kind of put it more on the local. I do think just from a 10,000 foot view, politics aside, that, you know, you look at a country like South Korea that literally got their first case the same day we did, and they've right. essentially eradicated it. They've got zero cases, I think, right now, or, or, or no new cases anyways. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still headed up. So I do think there's a lot to be said. If a second wave were to come, let's be smart mm -hmm. this time. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it doesn't, but let's, we got to shut everything down and we got to get the testing going until there's a vaccine. We got to get like crazy testing going to where like you can get one at home and you can do it. And maybe it's like an app on your phone. And you say, okay, I just tested this morning. I'm good. Otherwise it's going to keep coming back. Yeah, I think there are two really important things. One that you're mentioning is just really evaluating the lessons learned, not just in this country, but globally. How do we learn and grow? And I know you talk a lot about mindset, and I think mindset is so critical in this moment, not only to have that growth mindset, but also to really have a benefit mindset. How do we keep you know, growing, living into our best? How do we take this time and grow from it? And there's a great poem going around, I don't know if you've seen it online, called The Storm, just saying, you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And so as much as I can talk about mindset and say, you know, having that growth mindset and that benefit mindset is so important right now, and we're not all in the same boat. So what growth looks like for one person mm -hmm. isn't what it looks like for another person. And some of us are in a boat where we're just trying to survive. And some people are in a boat where they're getting some more quiet and space in their days. So I think there's so many different ways to look at this. Um, what The perspective I choose to take a lot is the global learning that we're having. We're learning things from a healthcare perspective, from a global perspective, from an environmental perspective, that I think we're gonna look back on this moment and say, thank goodness we learned that and we were able to adapt and change.
That's, that's very well said. I couldn't agree more. And this ties into somebody just asked a question. Um, what is it? What's the meaning of five core life? So kind of tying this in, you know, it's about wanting to, you know, at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy. Right. And uh, we all have definitions, uh, different definitions of what that is. Um, a lot of people associated with money. Um, my story ironically was that I thought that as well. And I, originally set my goal to just become filthy stinking rich because I had a really tough childhood and I was the loser and the victim and everybody I felt like I'm going to show them all right and then over the course of the years I end up finding that but as I was doing that luckily I was also developing what I determined later were these other cores in life I didn't realize what they were and there's five of them and it's to me we all share the same ones and like you just said it's about determining for yourself what it is within each one that's going to make you the happiest. And then it all comes down to habits and it comes down to what are the habits that you've developed in each of these cores. And I call them failure and success habits. So you've got your failure habits that are going to be these things that are hurting you and slowing your momentum down, causing friction. And there may be from the society you grew up in the broken system. Um, don't get me started, but bottom line is a lot of us come out of, you know, young and come into young adulthood and we've already developed a bunch of these habits that are hurting us again. Like, like for instance, thinking that money is the root of happiness. And then one day you're going to get that and you're going to sit on a beach with a pina colada and everything's going to be hunky dory. Take it from me who got there and did it and sold my company for a, a very large amount. It's amazing. And yes, it does feel good for about 10 seconds. And then it's like, okay, now what, how am I moving? How am I growing? You know, and that's what life is about. And so it's figuring out how to move and grow in each of these five core areas. And, and to do that, you got to get rid of those failure habits and you got to replace with success habits. So, with that said, let me ask you, what, what would you say? So the five cores, just, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, your mindset, which is that we talked about that growth owner, I call it mindset versus a fixed victim being like, yeah, buddy, I can do anything I want. I know I have everything within me to succeed. I've got strengths and I got weaknesses just like everybody else. I'm going to focus on my strengths, not my weaknesses, like most people do. Obstacles are temporary roadblocks. I'm going to go figure out what I'm passionate about. I'm going to set goals set my purpose and I'm off to the races and nothing can stop me. That's the mindset you got to develop. Take it from me. Cause I used to have the opposite. I had the fixed victim. Um, so let's start with that core. What, tell me about your, your journey and you know, what, what, what mindset you feel like you have right now and how that's evolved. Well, I, my core is in positive psychology. So um, I really, really believe that we have control um, our brains are these wonderful things that can change and we are at choice and the thoughts that we give energy to are the thoughts that will continue to grow and I really love that idea of we're at choice we're not a victim of our own mind we're a master of our own mind and having that growth benefit mindset um, to really lean into what fulfills me I think is really an important question. And what are the thoughts that I can continue to give energy to that are going to help me be and live at my best and be fulfilled? So I didn't always realize that. It took me a long time to realize I get to be the master of my own mind. I thought, you know, because I thought it, therefore I did it or therefore I felt it. And in actuality, I can be an observer and decide what thoughts really benefit um, not only my mindset, but my well-being. Love so that. I would say that's my perspective now. I don't think that was always my perspective. I didn't know right. that. Um, I wish that someone in my 20s tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, guess what? 
you're the master of your own mind. Uh, right. Really? Like that, that was life changing for me. Um, I have a very active uh, meditation and mindfulness practice, which has really helped me with that and understand how to be an observer versus how to be reactive. And mm -hmm. so I would say that probably best describes what I think about mindset. Um, I recently learned there there's two terminologies. One is, you know, that growth mindset. How do we continue learning and growing? And then there's also this idea of benefit mindset, which you can combine the two of them together. But benefit says, okay, now that I'm learning and growing, how do I not just benefit me? How do I benefit collectively? How do I live into a purpose, as you talk about with community, that's really not just benefiting me, but benefiting the whole as much as possible. So it's another distinction that I've thought to be really powerful. Love that. Yeah. And that's how, right. And benefiting others, uh, helping the world. Like, so that's, what's cool about when you help yourself, you're automatically paying it forward. You may not even realize you're doing it and then you're going to want to do good for, for others and help others become their happiest selves. Cause when you're miserable, you want everybody else to be miserable and you're sad. And that's, that's just human nature. But when you start to feel good and you start to be happy, you're like, Oh my God, I got to share this with people. Like I want everybody to feel this way. Right. Yeah. And so that's like my ultimate purpose. My ultimate yeah. mission is, is to help people become the best version of themselves so they can in turn pay it forward, help the world become the best version of itself. And we can kind of break this broken system that we're in where we just keep going around and we're learning failure habits and they're making us unhappy. And then we're teaching them to our kids and we're shredding it in school and peers and media. And right. And then it's like, if everybody was firing on all cylinders, I call it, if they were hitting them on all five cores and balancing them and, and, and happy in each and building momentum and having success habits, there would not be, I'm telling you, you know, it sounds crazy. There wouldn't be wars. There wouldn't be teen suicide. Wouldn't be at an all time high. Um, you know, a lot of these, these, these major, you know, racism, uh, all, prejudice, all these things that are just part of our daily lives. And we just assume like, okay, well, they're always going to be there. Well, if you have, if you look at life from a 10 foot thousand foot view and you shine a spotlight on your life and you base it on principles that have been around since the beginning of time and that'll be around till the end and you make sure that's what you're living your life off of, then everything else just kind of figures itself out. And you start just taking action, building the right habits. You start feeling good. You want to do good. You want to help others. You, you don't want to hurt the other person. You don't hate them for having something you don't have. You don't aren't racist because they're a different color than you. You say, Hey, we're all human. We're all in this together. Let's go. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of went, went a little bit off on a tangent there, but that's, no, you know, it's beautiful. the and big it's picture. True. It's so true. I mean, I, there's a wonderful poem Marianne Williamson wrote around, when we shine, when we really celebrate our gifts, we give everyone permission around us to shine too. And I think that we have to start leaning into that more. We're all so extraordinarily gifted and we've got to own that. We've got to shine. We've got to take care of self because that does give everyone around us permission to shine. And I think there's this misconception that if I shine too brightly, I'm going to dim your light. And that's mm. the exact opposite. I love Sean Aker. And he talks about yeah. the, the constellation of stars, right? When we can be that constellation, we can all help each other so much. And I think that's the shift that needs to happen in our world in order to recognize yeah. that it's a collective. That's an interesting perspective. I hadn't heard that 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 terminology of, of the shining star. It, it reminds me, I was talking to, I'm mentoring uh, a college student from my alma mater. I went to Rollins nice. College in Winter Park, yeah. Florida. And yes. I'm actually mentoring a few of them. But this one, I, I was talking the other day, and I'm just fascinated with Gen Z and like how their minds work and what's 
you know, what, what, what's, what motivates them? And, and it's totally different, not totally different, but a lot of, it, it definitely it, with each generation, things get more. And now we're in this Insta generation. So right now they want it, they want it now. And, but I'll tell you one thing that hasn't changed is they call them. So I said, what do you think of people that are trying to better themselves? And I was like, what, in your generation, what is the overall, you know, he's 20, I think 21 years old. I was like, what, you know, what's the overall kind of take on that? Is it looked positively, neutrally, negatively? Because when I was, when I was uh, 21 and I started my journey of kind of reinventing myself and reading self-help books, self-help books had a self-help, the whole field had kind of a negative connotation. It's like, yeah, you're reading to try to become better. What's wrong with you? Are you broken? Like, why are you reading this stuff? I mean, what's, you know, can't, why aren't you just good enough on your own? And, but that's shift. The good news is a lot of that is shifted. There is still, but a connotation, like I was saying, when I started this, it's like, no matter what generation. And so he calls them, he said, well, there's this thing called tryhards and, and hardos is what they call them. And I, I thought that was so interesting. And basically he says, these are people who, and they do, there is a negative connotation involved that are mm -hmm. trying too hard to be great and to shine like we were just talking about and to sparkle. And it just, this is, this is, this is this generation's way of saying what I've seen every generation, including mine. And, and I'm sure it goes way back is it's and haters, whatever you want to call it. Then I call them the 95 percenters versus the five percenters, the majority. A lot of times people, when they're not satisfied with their life, and they know they're not killing it and they're not firing on all cylinders and they're not, you know, becoming their best selves and happy. They ain't going to encourage you to do so. And in fact, they're going to do everything they can to make you feel bad and stupid about it. And they're going to yeah. try to bring you down. And now that's the, the term now it's hardos and, and tryhards. You're trying so hard. Why are you trying so hard? Well, why aren't you trying so hard? What, yeah. what, you know, what's wrong with wanting to be the best version of myself? And that's what I tell all these people I talk to. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's so easy to get sucked in and be like, oh, I don't want to, you know, stand out and look like I'm like trying so hard. And then it's like, that's, that's, again, that's a negative failure habit that we've developed in society that has continues to cycle and circle mm -hmm. generation after generation. And that's just the latest iteration of it. Yeah, I, I feel like in my generation, it was, we used humble as the word a lot and i think humbleness is amazing and and i think it is a really important leadership trait but the way i define humbleness is a little bit different humbleness to me is recognizing that we're all equal and we all have extraordinary gifts humbleness is not that i'm not going to shine or show my gifts humbleness is recognizing our equalness and that everyone everyone is extraordinary no one is better than anyone else and as you talk about, we all have the ability to live into our best self. And me choosing to do so doesn't take away from me being humble, right? And, and that's what I think is, um, I, I see humbleness get in the way of leadership sometimes. I see humbleness be an excuse for not um, being inspiring and oh. not living into your ability to inspire those around you. And so I think it's, yes, is it an important quality? It is, but it's an important quality to recognize. What do you really That's, mean by that word? That is such a good, uh, I, I fit right into that category. When I started doing this stuff, something that I was really uncomfortable at first talking about is the business success I've had. And then, you know, but I realized that in order, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever you want to call it, to get people's attention, you know what? That's something that I did work hard on. And I, that was a focus. And ironically in becoming an entrepreneur successfully and exiting my business 
um, for, you know, for, for a good chunk of change, I realized what it means to become an actual entrepreneur. And it's an entrepreneur of your life, the most important business that you'll ever run. And it's not just about the finance side. That's one fifth of the equation. It's about these other areas as well and building those. And because I was constantly reading self-help books and, and continuing to use myself as a human science experiment and become the biggest, bestest, fastest version of myself is when I actually did learn, wow, I, I became successful as an entrepreneur in the traditional sense, because I was actually paying attention to these other areas. I was taking care of my physical health. I was taking care of my relationships. I was taking care of my mindset. I was building my, my growth owner mindset. And emotionally, like yours, I was learning how to, de to take the stress away, to deal with things that came at me and to take failure, not as something that was bad, but that is a necessary part to grow and become better and to not dwell on things. Like those are all things I was learning. And that is why I became successful ironically. Yeah. And it was building those habits and figuring that out. And it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And so when I first switched to do all this, I was like, I don't want to brag and say, you know, and, and it's like, okay, no, but that's, that's okay. That's something that I can get attention with to say, okay, this guy had success. So maybe he knows what he's talking about. Uh, you know, but ironically, it's like, I'm just doing the bait and switch. And it's like, yeah, I am going to help you with an entrepreneur as well in the traditional career part of it but it's really i want to help you build your business of your life because what more important business and you got to treat it like a business you've got these different areas just like you do in any business i had to learn how to develop the marketing and the advertising and the accounting and figure out how to do all these different facets and i mastered those your life is the same way but instead of those it's your course and it's it's yeah. these things that make you happy and taking action every day and leadership development traditionally I feel like fit into a mold where we weren't talking about the whole person. And that's a huge distinction for my organization is when we talk about leadership, if I'm coaching somebody and they're showing up as a leader in their business, but they're going home and they're not showing up for their family and they don't have that presence, then I'm failing as an executive coach. So to me, when we talk about leadership, it has to be whole person leadership. And that is foundational to mm -hmm. everything I do and every way I coach. When I do a 360 assessment, which is a leadership assessment within an organization, I don't just interview in the organization. I interview kids, significant others, friends, because I want to understand that person that we're having those conversations and understanding who we are holistically, not just at work. And what you experienced in selling your company and kind of that feeling afterwards is actually really common. I'm sure you know that, but yep. a lot of people work so hard for this thing and they get there. And right. there's, there's a lot that goes into how do you recover from something like that? Everybody in the world is going, oh my gosh, you're so lucky, you're so successful, how'd you get here? And unfortunately, the emotional experience that many entrepreneurs feel after they sell their company is the exact opposite. And you can get into a real shame spiral of why is everybody telling me to feel good and I don't? And so that's a real difficult moment for many people in their life. And I just really admire how you took that moment and grew and learned so much from it. And now we're giving back to the world in this way. Well, that, that's very nice of you to say. Well, and, and, and it goes, to, you know, and to me, it wasn't a choice, right? So it's like, it's a compliment. And I almost, right, here I am, I'm feeling awkward even taking that compliment because I'm like, it's not like I feel like I rose above and like, it's like, I had no choice. When I sold this company, 
And I realized, for, and it felt, it did feel amazing. I'm not going to lie for, for 10 seconds. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, now what? And, and it was like, okay, this is a, this is what on the side, I've been kind of building my life and using myself as a human science experiment and reading all these self-help books and doing all this and taking these crazy notes and figuring out kind of what life is all about. That's what I'm really passionate about. That's where my real strengths are. And yet in doing that, I was able to become financially successful, but that's just one piece of the, the puzzle. And, yeah. And so I figured out like, okay, no, you got to do these other ones. And if you don't, if you're not balanced and if you're not what I call firing on all cylinders in all of your course, um, in some way, right? So physical health, relationships, like you can't just not do them and be happy. You may have some level of happiness, like, you know, like if you just focus on your career and finances, for example, like a lot of people tend to do, there's going to be ups and downs to where it's like, oh, I got a win there and it feels great, but then it's, it's hollow and it's shallow and it'll feel good for, again, like me for five seconds. And then it's like, okay, now what? And it's because of the meaning of life, which is about you, you've got to keep moving, you've got to keep growing. We strive for more because we feel dissatisfied. We feel dissatisfied because we strive for more. And if you're not growing, if you are not actually taking steps to become bigger, better, faster, stronger, it doesn't matter how much money you have. And it's so funny. We, we have it wrong. The whole world, it's not just U.S. especially, but um, we think it's about getting that big win and that paycheck. And then we can finally like be happy and have our pina colada on the beach. Nope. No people. No, no. you got to be growing and, and whatever that is. And you got to find out what that is for you in each of the areas. So with physical health, like for example, you got to be growing in that. Not, yeah, I guess technically. And, you know, but you, you don't have to be a weightlifter. You don't have to, for me, it's, I love playing basketball. That's where I get my cardio. Um, so I haven't been able to do it now. I've had to shift with the coronavirus cause I can't right. go to the gym where I used to have pickup games and I like lifting. And so I've, I've changed that up now, but you figure out what is it that, that, that revs your engine that's, that you love to do within that, that thing. And that helps to reduce the friction to build your momentum because you're yeah. like, okay, I'm going to develop this habit. But if you're like, I just need to run for the sake of running because I've been told that that's, what's good for me. And you absolutely hate it. Guess what? It ain't going to last because willpower can only go for so long. Willpower yes. is one of those things that it'll eventually, it'll give up and it'll say, okay, I've had enough and, and yeah. you'll quit. That's why diets and stuff, diets don't work when it's like, okay, I'm just going to not eat for, no, you've got to change your whole lifestyle and you got to figure out what foods actually taste good that aren't so bad for you. And I promise you, everybody, there are, everybody has different taste buds and that's why it's unique to everybody. But you'll find foods like I used to be, I am a late night snacker. I used to eat Doritos. And when I was younger, I could eat 10 cheeseburgers, not gain a pound. You know how it is, right? And then you start to get older. You're like, wait a second. Those 10 cheeseburgers are actually turning into something else. And it's like now you figure out what can I eat that is good for me and that's going to help me. So, yeah. I what about think. you? So in, in terms of your, you know, some of these cores, like what core do you feel like? I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. What do you feel like out of the five cores that we've discussed that you're strongest in and maybe which one are you weakest in? And then maybe give us one habit or two habits in each um, for the weak ones that you know you want to work on and, and stop and, and replace. And then maybe two that you think, hey, I've got this one down. I want to share it with people. I would say the top one for me is mindset. Um, I really work hard on mindset and recognizing what mindsets are good for me, what thoughts are good for me. And I focus a lot of energy there. And I know when my mind is what I call going below the line, ruminating, creating stress versus being above the line and really being 
productive and positive. And so that's a huge emphasis for me. And I mentioned my meditation practice. I meditate every single day. And I think that is something that really serves me beautifully there. Um, the physical side, you know, I am a nutritionist as well. So um, the fuel that I put in my body matters. And I really focus there quite a bit, um, not just for myself, but I'm a mom of two kids as well, a 10 and an eight year old. And so really focused on, you know, how do we fuel our bodies in a really wonderful way and our souls. So I'm very much somebody who doesn't believe in deprivation or um, these strict diets that are out there. I don't, that's not it. You know, that's not how we build a lifestyle. So I always talk about 80% of the time, nourish your body with great nutrients and 20% nourish your soul, whatever that looks like for you so that you have a nice um, lifestyle that works for your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, all of those things. Um, and give me a, give me, give me just one habit that you have developed that you'd like to share with people that if they got that habit, it's just kind of working for you automatically. And, and, it, and it's on, it's on autopilot, but you know, maybe at first it might not be easy to develop, but once it does, it's going to help you. Yeah. I, so since we are talking about mindset, um, I'll, I'll talk about that and then maybe a nutrition habit that really is helpful. So I completely believe in the practice of meditation. So we got to start small to create transformation. It's the small habits, those keystone habits that lead to the next one, that lead to the next one. And I see the mistake that people make is they try and go big too quickly. They say, I'm going to eat well, and I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to meditate, and I'm going to do it all starting tomorrow. And when it falls right. down, those saboteur voices, that negative self-talk takes over and just spirals us down and down and down. So whatever habit people start off with, I think it's the small habits and being playful around it, seeing which one really ends up being that keystone habit that leads to the next one that leads to the next one. So that's my perspective on habits. Um, so with meditation, that's a great example. People start and they're like, oh, 30 minutes. I'm going to sit down and meditate for 30 minutes. And they get into it and they're like, oh, I'm so bad at this. Well, first right. of all, it's too, no started too high. Bad. Right. So that's one misconception. So start Just small, you're saying. Start small. One minute a day is great. Just taking a moment to pause and to be still um, is wonderful. So that's a habit that I think you can really cultivate, start small, and you can grow that habit. And People think you need a lot of meditation to change your brain, but you don't. The research shows five minutes a day yep. can, can actually change your brain. Um, so that's one habit that I think can really serve in life and leadership, um, can help you be a more responsive person, a more observant person of your own mind. So that's one Love habit. That. Um, nutrition, the probably the top habit for me that I really work with everyone on right away that is not difficult is hydration, right? Like we are such a chronically dehydrated society and it impacts our engagement. It impacts our focus. It impacts, you know, how we show up, how tired we are, how energized we are. Like, so really making sure that people are getting enough water every day is such a good habit that people who say, I don't have time for X, Y, or Z, you have time to have one of these and to right. take- So this is the habit, right? And mm -hmm. that's, so I want to point that out. You know, if you work at a desk, put this on your desk. Yes. It's a big thing, you know, and, and, you know, 
two to three of these a day and you're golden and may, you know, people need, need one thing. I really, my wife needs a lot more water than me. She's sucking on these things until she goes to sleep, which I don't know how she does it. I'd be peeing 10 yeah. times uh, a night, but um, you know, I, I, I pound these during the day and it, it becomes a habit. Again, you're not thinking about it. You're just sipping on them and it becomes a habit to where you're getting hydrated and you're doing your work. And it's not like you have to be like, Oh, I gotta go drink a huge glass of water. Right. right? It's just there and it's working it's for there. instead of against you. And I tell people, go get something you love. Like you can see my cup has flowers all over. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, get something that makes you happy when you look at it. Go grab something that you're, when you look at it, it makes you smile. And it's that physical reminder that says drink. There's also, I can't remember the name of it, but there is literally a water bottle that lights up every time you should take a drink of water, which I yeah. think is so clever. Um, yeah. You know, so you have a light up reminder. Uh, that, right. To me, it, it's great. right. That's, that's, I, 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 at first I saw it, I was like, that's really a good idea. But then, like I said, if you get in the habit, you don't need it. it maybe to start to make sure you are yeah. taking that sip if you're not doing it. But to me, I just, I put it here. And at first I did notice I was ignoring it. And then slowly but surely, like you said, small steps, I start drinking more. And now it's like, I'm, I'm going through these things like they're water. Yes. No pun intended. And, and, and I'm loving it and I feel great. And right. My skin's hydrated. Yes. I live in Chicago. It's, it's drier here than I used to live in Florida. So it wasn't as big of an issue, but yeah, yeah I mean, your skin will dry out. And as you start to get older, you start to get all mummified and whatnot. And you, um, you feel better, you look better, you sleep better. It's great. So and, thank and you here's for sharing. One thing I will tell people, if you, for some reason are like, yes, I'm all in. And all of a sudden you get that water bottle and you just start drinking a ton you're not going to be happy. You've got to go slow. So I always say if you're at 20 ounces and you're trying to get up to 80, just increase eight ounces every totally. five days. Give your body some time to adapt or you'll be in the bathroom too much. And then you might be swearing at Will and I, and I don't want you to do that. <laughs> so. Well, so. yeah. And that's the law of compounding. It's my whole system. Everything I talk about fits into exactly what you're, t it's, you know, there's different ways to say it, but I use, I like the, the law of compounding. It's that whole yeah. Give a guy a, a, would you rather have a penny a day doubled for 30 days or a million dollars? And it's like, you, th you think you want that million and you just want to jump in and just give it to me. But right. it's like, actually that penny a day doubled becomes 5 million something. And it's, you, you got it. It's small and then it builds and it builds. And that's why my whole thing is more momentum and you're building that momentum and you're getting bigger, faster, stronger. And all of a sudden, right. Like you said, you went from 20 to 80 ounces and it, it did, you didn't even notice it. Versus if right. you tried to just like, oh, I've got to do this 80 ounces. Again, it goes yep. to willpower. And you're going to be like, okay, that was so too hard. True. I'm done. So true. Well, thank you so much for being with yeah. us. This was fantastic. And okay. sharing those wonderful little habits there. I hope people were paying attention because those are two really good ones. Um, tell us where people can, can learn more about you and find you. And if they're interested in, in getting coaching and, and whatnot. Absolutely. So our website is connected EC, like executive coaching, connectedec.com. And you can reach us there. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook. So we're accessible there, obviously on Instagram as well. Um, just under my name, jamie.shapiro15. And then on Amazon, you can, here's our, my book. It's called Brilliant, Be the Leader Who Shines Brightly Without Burning Out. And nice. On, it's all about shining. You know, I talked about that today. Perfect. Yeah. Shining and living into your best. Be a, a hardo. Be a, be a try hard. Be a right? try hard. Why be not? a try hard and, and look at other, other people and say, why aren't you trying hard? What do you like? Want to live just hovering above rock bottom? 
Do you not yeah. want to be awesome and live your best, most awesomest, happiest self? Like, you I'm it. telling you, people, I, I've been on both ends of it. And people talk to me now and they're like, no, you, you, you weren't like, you know, like, I, I mean, I, we came from nothing. My parents were hippies. My sister lived in a van for the first couple of years of her life. Um, my mom was an alcoholic. My grand, she had a temper. My grandfather was a general. He boycotted the way. I mean, it was a crazy upbringing for me. And I did become your typical victim. And I, so I now, when I, it didn't, again, it was step by step. It's not like I flipped a switch and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I did make a commitment to myself and I stuck to those commitments. And one day at a time, step by step, I was able to transform and get rid and shine that spotlight in my life and be like, this is really, this is stuff's hurting me. I need to get rid of this stuff over here. And I need to do this stuff over here. And it comes down to those universal principles like that have been around since the beginning of time and will be around till the end. You can't cheat the system. They're there. And if you base your life off on them, if you use them, and we just talked to a couple, you know, drinking water, staying healthy, uh, meditating, that, that is universal. Everybody will benefit from that. So don't listen to like the 80 million people that are coming at you from every direction trying to sell you something for $9.99 that'll change your life. Make sure it's based on a principle. Yeah. And uh, the way to do that, you can go to my website at www.moremoremomentum.com. I have a little life evaluator quiz where you can find out where you stand in each of your five cores. Um, and then I give tips and, and stuff all the time in my blog on what those principles are and how to stick with them. And obviously you have, have a, your own figured out as well. And people now know where to find you as well. This has been awesome. Thank you for sharing your wisdom you. and your knowledge and helping me and my uh, viewers gain some momentum. Thank you. It's and, really good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And let's, let's keep in touch and maybe we'll do another one of these again in the near future. I know that we only scratched the surface and have so much more yes. to cover. Excellent. Thank you so much, Will. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Get moving. Build momentum. Join the movement. Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.